You're listening to the Teens Need Grace podcast, where youth pastor Evan Magelson equips parents with how to apply the gospel to raising teenagers. We take time to answer your questions, interview the experts, and hopefully give you a laugh along the way. Here's Pastor Evan. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into the Teens Need Grace podcast. Just real quick, uh, before we get super deep in here, I am recording from home. So if you hear a random scream or cry from a two-year-old boy or a new infant boy, please don't call CPS on me, okay? I apologize for the distraction. Their mom is taking care of them, all right? So... Moving on, I, I I hope that you guys will forgive me because, you know, Corona, right? Okay, but thanks so much for tuning in. And um, speaking of Corona, it's been kind of a whirlwind, right? It's been a while since our last episode. So I want to thank you all so much for your patience. Um, and it's just been one thing after the other, after the other in the Magelson household, I feel like. Uh, my beautiful wife and I just celebrated the coming of our new baby boy, Jasper Zane Magelson. Uh, so super pumped that he's here in our lives. And then right Right after he was born, boom, Corona, and then boom again, um, our governor here in Colorado decided to do a stay in place uh, in Denver, and it has just been a blast and a whirlwind all at the same time, Um, and I'm sure it's been the same for you guys. So many of you have had your lives just completely flipped upside down um, because of COVID-19. I mean, your teens are home. Uh, You just became a homeschool parent. We can't enjoy eating out. All of your teen sports and functions have been canceled, which some of you are kind of like praising Jesus for right now. Um, Some of you, though, you may have, some of you have lost your jobs. Some of you guys are frontline workers, so you're working like stupid, crazy hours. Um, There's more tension in the home than what there used to be. Your teens are bored and frustrated out of their wits, and you can't even get away for five minutes at a Starbucks. You have to go and like hide in your van somewhere, um, like in a parking lot, and just sip your caramel macchiato uh, for a little bit. You can't even go to, to, to Walmart and buy flour to bake your favorite cake because everyone's buying flour like it's hotcakes or something. <laughs> so for the next couple of minutes, let's just breathe, right? Let's just take a second and calm down and relax. And remember that COVID-19 and social distancing and the stay-in-place orders, they all have an expiration date. But the gospel doesn't. And now that has been some real nourishment to my bones recently. You see, because our God has proved his faithfulness in the past and he will come through again. This wilderness that we're in is not something that has that is like surprising to God or something he was unprepared for. Our God is the same God that conquered death itself. And we can rest in the fact that this extreme time we're in is absolutely minuscule compared to our almighty God. Now, that doesn't mean it isn't hard, right? That doesn't mean that this new normal we're in is just a cakewalk. And our teens aren't immune to this whole thing either. I mean, every single teen I've talked to has had something canceled that they were looking forward to. You know, sports, recitals, proms, graduation, plays, tournaments, internships. The list is pretty long. So with stress, boredom, frustration, and anxiety at an all-time high, how do we 
how do we better understand and raise our teens during a pandemic? Because parenting doesn't stop when the world comes to a halt. Your teens still need hope and help and Christ-centered parents right now. So in Jeremiah 17, verses 4 through 11, Jeremiah paints this beautiful and tragic picture of two separate landscapes, right? So one of the landscapes is lush and thriving. It's teeming with life and fruit and abundance. And the other one is it's desolate. It's dry. It's barren and dead. Jeremiah even uses the word salt land. Now, I know what it's like to get sand in places that it shouldn't be, but I can't imagine getting blasted by a gust in a place like that, right? And if you read the passage, Jeremiah, what he's doing is, he, is he's comparing a person who trusts in the Lord and one who doesn't, right? The one who trusts in the Lord is, is like that thriving landscape, and the one who doesn't is like in that dry, barren salt land. And we see this all over scripture, especially in the Psalms with similar verbiage, right? Of like a tree being planted by the, by a river or a person who trusts in the Lord is like a beautiful lush landscape. And even when drought and heat comes, uh, they will not fear. They will remain steadfast. But a person who puts their trust in the flesh or in the world, if they, if they look to things on this earth to satisfy them, they will be they, they will feel parched or alone. And, and verse 6 even says that it'll come to a point where they, they won't see anything good, right? They won't see anything. They'll look around and they just feel like there's nothing good around them. They're hopeless. So, mom, dad, grandparent, teacher, guardian, foster parent, whoever you are listening, where are you right now? Which landscape do you feel like you're in right now? Where have you been placing your trust this past month? Now, I know, sometimes, (laughs) let's just be honest, it depends on the day, right? Like, one day, we feel like, you know, everything is just slapping us in the face, but we're good. Like, we're like, you know, whatever, leave it to Beaver. We're just, everything's great and fine, and, you know, we just, we're joyful, and we trust the Lord, right? But then there could be days where everything's perfect, yet we feel so grouchy (laughs) or parched or just irritable. So how are you responding to this whole thing? Because your teens, whether you still like it or not, they're watching. And the way they respond is going to be built upon how you react. See, maybe you are starting to realize that your identity and satisfaction had been placed in some things that have now been taken away. Maybe it was your work or your schedule or maybe your control over certain things in your life or your comfort or maybe, maybe even your teen's activities. Or maybe the peace you once had while they were at school is now gone and you are just like, at whoa, you're losing it. You see, one way to tell that we placed too much hope in the world to satisfy us is when we're willing to sin to keep it or willing to sin when we lose it. You see, this can look like fear, angry outbursts, worry, discontent, and a slew of other issues. And you've probably seen those kinds of traits in your teens as well. Your teen is in one of these two places as well. And probably more than likely, they're leaning more towards the salty, flaky, desolate side. 
And a little side note here, just real quick. Don't, please don't put your hope in trying to fix them or trying to be the one to fill that void for them, right? Or whatever you're, listen, you're probably, if, if you put your expectation to that, you're probably going to get incredibly discouraged or torn down by the fact that maybe your teen doesn't want to be around you, right? You see, we have to remember that the only thing, the only thing that can fill that void is Christ. Now, that doesn't mean we can't just love the heck out of him. I'll get to that here in a sec. But just for a moment, try and place yourselves in your teen's shoes. All of these things that they had been looking forward to are now gone, right? The comfort and normalcy of their schedules are gone. Seeing their friends and being able to drive are gone. All the things that you and I loved doing as a teen have been stripped away right when the school year was about to be over. So I encourage you to be understanding with them and really listen to their disappointments and frustrations. Don't push it under the rug or you know, make it an unbig deal. Like don't, don't say things like, Oh honey, it's just prom. What's the big deal? You know, things like that, man, if you, and I mean this, if you, you use words like that, you will create more space between you and them. And many teens, they don't, they don't want you to fix their problems. The majority of them are going to want you to just listen to them. Now, Even though you shouldn't be the one to fill the void, you can still come up with exciting and thoughtful ways to display love to them. Look for simple and caring ways to show that they matter. Surprise your teen with a sonic drink and a note that says, honey, I am here for you and I love you. You you mean so much to me. Or just make them breakfast and dress up like a goofy waiter from IHOP and take their order and and just make them pretend for a second that they're out of the house and give them a laugh. (laughs) You see, things like these, they won't fix their problems and maybe you won't get a thanks mom or dad you're the best but it'll begin to soften their hearts and i mean that and look just a little tip here if you if you aren't creative pinterest is your friend okay just remember that all right but my prayer behind all of this is that you the parent seriously will begin to take time to figure out, man, what are some things in my life that I depended on too much? And where do I need to, I've, I've, what are some things I've placed too much trust in? I need to put more trust back into the hands of the Prince of Peace. You see, when we do that, not only do we create an epic example for our teens to follow, but then we can better minister to them out of the overflow of grace and joy on our lives. Now, this isn't a demand to guilt you into being perfect. No, it's a war cry to place your hope and trust in the only person that can set us free and bring life into our dry and desolate hearts. Now, I don't want you to just survive this pandemic, right? I want you to truly thrive. I want you guys that your walk with God would be so abundant, so uplifting, that your teens, when they see that, they see your walk with Christ, they're drawn to it, that they see this amazing, lush garden of the relationship that you have with Christ, that they see it like they're in that, like they're in a desert, right? And they're walking through the desert and they see afar off this oasis, right? And they're like, wow, I want that because they know, they're like, I know that it'll revive me. It'll refresh me. 
And they'll look at this thriving landscape with flowing water and birds and animals and tall trees with fruit on them, with shade. And they'll look at you and they'll, and they'll ask and they say, how are you thriving? How are you, how are you peaceful and hopeful even in the state of desolation our culture is in right now? And that's when you have the amazing opportunity to then point them to Christ and say to them, look, this is how I've come to have contentment and satisfaction in the midst of hardship. It's by putting my faith and trust in him, even when I don't have all the answers, even when I don't know what tomorrow will bring. You see, your teams will be drawn to that kind of authenticity. And you see, my prayer is the same for your teens, that they would not only take this opportunity to grow and come out of it, the other side, closer to Christ, but that they would see their parents rise up, that they would see you guys depend on Christ in a way that is joyful and refreshing to them. So, in some ways, this pandemic has been pretty difficult. But in others, it's kind of been a good thing. I think, honestly, God has taken this opportunity to kind of draw back the curtains and peel away some layers and, 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 and expose some things that we've been putting our trust and hope in that maybe we shouldn't have. And he's given us time to meditate on his word, to dwell with him, to find comfort in him, to put our trust back in him. So your teen might be struggling with and learning what was sustaining them doesn't last. You as a parent have an incredible opportunity to point them to Jesus in a new and comforting way. You and your teens were created to glorify God. And as one who is made in his image, your purpose is to make God look good, to put the spotlight on him and his beauty, his goodness, his righteousness, and his mercy. God's doing some awesome things in you and your teen's lives right now. And hopefully, they are beginning to learn that their satisfaction and identity doesn't come from the busyness of life, but from their creator. Thank you so much for listening to Teens Need Grace. If you would like the show notes, ways to connect with us, or any of the resources Pastor Evan mentioned, please visit us online at fsmlife.church slash podcast. We're trying to get the word out about this podcast. You can help us out by telling your friends, sharing this episode on social media, and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thanks.